Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is Jake Blunt, again. And today's episode is a show that we played as a duo in Philly at John Salmon's house. So we didn't explicitly plan for this to be a Get Up in the Cool episode, and I hope you don't mind that the format is a little different. There's stage banter, but I'm really not the host, and this definitely isn't an interview. But the music is fantastic, and there's a lot of it, and there's some great moments between the tunes. Uh, we've played the first few tunes on Get Up in the Cool before, but we play them pretty differently here. One notable difference is that I'm playing a 5 plus 1 string banjo for the first half of the episode. That's a 5 string banjo with an additional low string. So there's some great bassy moments. Uh, thanks again to David Whiting, owner of Beartown Banjo and Patreon supporter of Get Up in the Cool, uh, for letting me test drive his beautifully expertly made banjo. Go check out his banjos at BeartownBanjo.com. But anyway, the rest of the set is all new tunes, and there should be enough for me to release another episode next week featuring the second half of the show. If you want to hear some bonus tracks, that's one of the reward levels on Get Up in the Cool's Patreon page. Just go to CameronDeWitt.com, click the Patreon button, and sign up to regularly support the show at a level that works for you. Other rewards include on-air shoutouts, MP3 downloads, and online banjo workshops. You can even choose to be an official sponsor of Get Up in the Cool for an episode or two or more, and I'll read some ad copy for your business or whatever. Uh, the show gets about 3,000 plays a week, so that's nothing to sneeze at. Make sure and stick around afterwards for details on how to hear more of Jake's music. But first, here's my performance with Jake Blunt. Enjoy.
Thank you guys. Rolling River. Yeah, that tune comes from Black String Band Trio called Gribble Luskin York from Campaign, Tennessee. Uh, yeah. Gribble Lusk and York. Murph Gribble, Albert York, <laughs> and John Lusk. Um, John Lusk being the fiddle player. And he played a fiddle that was his father's, who got it from his grandfather, in fact, uh, who was a slave in New Orleans. Um, for those who do not know, my my primary method of engaging with old time music is uh, I'm I'm a I'm a scholar. I'm an academic. I'm ashamed to say. Uh, <laughs> um, I I uh, started this project last spring called Reparations that focuses on music from Black and Native American uh, old time musicians. Although oftentimes this music kind of gets shoehorned into Appalachian old time music that comes from the Southern Mountains. Um, Actually, the banjo is descended from African lute instruments and made its appearances in this country very early on in the Chesapeake Bay region where my ancestors were held. And the fiddle actually was first documented, I believe, in this country in the hands of slaves who would play for their masters and invented the art of dance calling. Uh, so this is a long and storied tradition with obscured origins. We're going to shed a little bit, little bit of light on those tonight. So that was Rolling River. It's one of my very favorite tunes. I'm gonna play my grandparents down the aisle at my sister's wedding in a month or so with that tune. I'm very excited. It was really disingenuous. I'm really freaking excited. <laughs> Pierce, really excited. No, Pierce is my plus one. Yeah. We're gonna party. It's gonna be lit. Um, <laughs> Y'all haven't met my cousins. It's gonna be a good time. We're gonna play one called Tire Dog Sally Gal. Uh, and this one comes from a black fiddler from Maryland by the name of Will Adam, Mr. William Adam, as he was introduced to Mike Seeger, who recorded him in, I believe, 
Like, I don't often play old-time tunes and be like, that tune needs a horn section, but that one does. This next tune is one of the, like, spookiest tunes I ever heard or played. Um, we played it on my podcast, Get Up in the Cool. Plug, plug. Plug, plug, plug. Um, and uh, it's, a, it's a weekly interview and jam podcast where I play with other people who play Appalachian fiddle and banjo and guitar music um, and some some other peripheral and tangential traditions. Um, but uh, usually on any on any given Wednesday, it, when I post an episode, it's me on banjo and a fiddler, and we're just playing tunes, and talking about what this music means to us. Um, and Jake's been on it a couple times because um, uh, Jake explained like his his sort of old time vocation and his sort of purpose behind it. And my like old time vocation is sort of just like pointing people to Jake. That's sort of like my thing. Um, um, yeah, but we, we play this tune. So, um, you should check it out. And, um, we also played those first two tunes on the show as well. Like, yes. Uh, like a year and a half ago. Yeah. So, they yeah. sounded very different. Yeah. Yeah. We played them way too fast on the recording. <laughs> but yeah. so that's a habit of ours. Yeah. This next one is a tune called Georgia Bells, and it comes from a Cherokee fiddler named Manco Sneed, who is from Cherokee, North Carolina. Um, I had the, the pleasure of going to Cherokee to play Manco's music earlier earlier in the fall, and um, it was pretty interesting. I met a lot of his descendants there and a lot of elders in the community who actually remembered Manco and talked about dancing to his music and everything. I found out a lot more about him than we've been told. Uh, Turns out he was one of four brothers named Manco, Pico, Osco, and Campbell. <laughs> Everyone called him Camco, and he didn't like it. Um, <laughs> uh, it also turns out we we have this one article by a dude named Blanton Owen that's kind of the one resource about Manco Sneed. It's the one one story that's been told about his life, and it kind of paints him as this dude who grew up off of Indian land. The, Indian land in North Carolina is not actually a reservation. Uh, they are they became citizens of the United States prior to removal and bought the land in common. So it's not government land given to them. They actually huh. own it. Um, so that is a very important distinction to them. And um, Manco grew up on a separate patch of that land further south. But according to this article, he'd grown up off of it and learned to play from white fiddlers and then moved to... Cherokee, North Carolina, and kind of lived on the periphery of the community, and no one really came and engaged with him. He didn't play out very much. This is the story given by that folklorist in that article. I went to the community and found elders who were like, no, he was playing in the barber shop on the street corner, dancing to him on the fairground. He was everywhere, and everyone really liked his music. So we have been given a very different impression of what the the... Uh, scene of Cherokee music at the time was like, and uh, I don't know whether Manco or Blanton was the source of that distortion and whether it was intentional or not, but it turns out there was actually a pretty vibrant banjo fiddle tradition in the Cherokee community, uh, and Manco and uh, two of his brothers were part of it. So this is one of his tunes, Georgia Bells. This is the great part about playing with Cameron is he inevitably picks like the hardest tunes that I know. It's a challenge. Fun! <laughs> For one of us. Oh, and we and we agreed that before this that I'm not gonna have fun playing this tune. I'm going to focus the entire time on not speeding it up. 
He so this is for you. Fast. I can't play it very fast. Okay. I'm gonna just take one for a team. Just like. Thank you. 
2D. So spooky. So much for not speeding up. <laughs> oh well, we're having a good time. Knew you could do it that fast. <laughs> I need to start doing the like James Brown thing where I'm like, every time someone in the band messes up. Five dollars. That's the thing? Huh? Oh yeah, every time you see him on the old recordings, if you watch James Brown, he'll turn around and do that at the band. It means someone made a mistake and he's fining them five dollars from their pay for the night. Tough part is if you're playing old time, that's all of your pay for the night. So. <laughs> on that note, I have CDs in the back. <laughs> and they're called and they're called Reparations. That's the name of the album, so you should probably buy it. <laughs> I take cash, check, and card, so you have no excuse. <laughs> take your car keys, you know. <laughs> so this, this next song is one I've been really excited about. I just recorded it on a CD with this band I'm in called The Moose Whispers. It's coming out in January. So it, it was supposed to be a pickup band, and then we won the competition, so now we're stuck with the name. It's The Moose Whispers. <laughs> And we have a good time together. This is one that comes from the Coon Creek Girls. Um, and what's what's fun to me about about these old songs is that there are so many things about them that are like innately identifiable to us, even though these people lived in times and places that we can't possibly get our heads around. And uh, this is one that I feel like is a really common experience to everyone in this room, except for the straight men, because it's about how men are so disappointing. <laughs> The rest of us know. It's the truth. <laughs> uh, and um, it's called 44 Gun. I'm not going to disappoint you. <laughs> I'm going to sound good, I swear.
used to be my blue I boy while the sun sank in the west. Fifteen cents in my pocket, darling, babe, honey, don't you want some change? All I want is my 44 gun to blow out that damn boy's brains. murder ballad <laughs> this next tune comes from a great fiddler named gary harrison it's called over the flatlands he originally played it in this tuning but a whole step down so it was a c tune when he did it it's not anymore i have a notorious aversion to c tunes this is uh from illinois so this is like a sort of different tradition of of like fiddle tunes and also gary harrison is on his own yeah. Thing. So he was like both sort of like a scholar of like Illinois fiddle music, but also wrote some like the biggest like festival, like club banger tunes that everyone loves to play. Um, so, but no one plays this one. No, I've never played this one before. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I don't know. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. So this is Over the Flatlands.
time. Party time. Excellent. Do you want to also play Dull Chisel? Yeah, let's play Dull Chisel. Sure. We're going to play Dull Chisel. Let's do that first. This is another Gary Harrison tune. Okay, just making sure I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
I get one corny tag. But <laughs> <laughs> back to the serious music. <laughs> is, that in yeah. your con- is that in your contract? Yeah. <laughs> one corny tag. Uh, I wrote this next tune. It's called Block Captain. <laughs> I wrote it for my block captain. Um, Wait, that, oh. I wasn't taking it that literally. Okay. I literally did. She hasn't heard it yet. But, um, yeah, I was just thinking about... I moved here from Oregon with my wife. Like there. Somewhere in that area. Becca. Her name's Becca. Uh, It was about six and a half, almost years ago. Um, And uh, we knew that we were moving to a a very poor neighborhood of of Philadelphia, and it was going to be very, very different from our experience growing up in Oregon. Uh, Me in the suburbs, her in like rural Tillamook area. And um, I think as much as we tried to like hold our expectations at bay, I think part of us, sorry, I'm not going to speak for you. I apologize. Part of me um, thought that maybe my, my presence in this neighborhood would be like beneficial or something because I didn't know about gentrification yet. All I knew is that I was like pretty positive and that like I was, had good communication skills and maybe I could like be a good neighbor. Um, and, uh, what I instead, uh, discovered was that, um, I'm very racist (laughs) and, um, and I'm very judgmental and I'm, and I'm very afraid of things that I don't understand. Um, but I've lived there for six years now and, uh, moved around to different houses, but I've always stayed in the same general area. And, um, this block especially is some of the most... Uh, community-minded, thoughtful people feeding each other um, and painting murals, throwing parties, organizing cleanups. And uh, I've been a shit neighbor. I haven't done anything. And they still just keep inviting us to stuff. And it's been so humbling. And, yeah, I know this is like the, like, you know... But I ended up learning from them. You know, that's like a cliche. But really, what I learned was like, uh, yeah, like when when you grow up in the same place for your whole life and when you don't have very much money, you, um, you learn how to do certain things, like sit on your stoop and talk to your neighbors. And uh, I'm still I'm still trying to learn how to do that. So, anyway, this is a tune called Block Captain. It's for my Block Captain, who's really awesome. You want me to do taters? Huh?
Everyone should buy Reparations, Jake's EP with Tatian Hargreaves. It's brilliant, both in concept and execution. It's mostly instrumental, but it states its purpose more eloquently than most albums of songs with words. You should buy it to support Jake and release him to do his urgent, necessary work of chipping away at the whitewash on this music. Uh, But even if you don't particularly care about that, it's just so good. You gotta go hear it. Make sure to like and follow Jake on Facebook, then like and follow his Clifftop winning band, The Moose Whisperers. They've got an album coming out pretty soon, and you should get that too. I'll include links for everything I mentioned in the intro and outro in this episode's show notes, so just tap around until you've liked and purchased and subscribed to all the things. If you want to sign up to regularly support Get Up In The Cool, go to CameronDeWitt.com, click the Patreon button, and choose a level that works for you. If you've already signed up, I just want to tell you again, thank you so much. Uh, And I want to give a huge thank you shout out to my new Patreon supporters, Bobby Shepard and Ian Keen. They both signed up to receive the entire Get Up In The Cool archive. Now they can download all the full episodes and all the tunes separated from the dialogue. There's over 20 hours of music in there, and it just gets bigger and better every week. So that's a pretty good deal, and the deal is just going to get bigger and better. So sign up now, because at some point, I'm probably going to make that reward level more expensive to newcomers, just out of fairness to the people who've hung on for so long. Um, Thanks again, everyone who's signed up to support Get Up In The Cool on Patreon. It means so much to me. Just a couple more items before I sign off. Jake and I are going to play a show at the Hamlin Street Diner on December 2nd. If you're in the D.C. area, I'd love to see you there. There's probably going to be a killer jam afterwards. Just saying. And I might try and record a live Get Up In The Cool episode before the show starts. Uh, I haven't figured that out yet, but I'll include a link to the Facebook event in the show notes. So RSVP, let us know you're coming. I record another podcast called Think Outside The Box Set. And its first season, a very silly yet sincere album-by-album review of Garth Brooks is drawing to a close. We've chosen the artist for season two, and it's going to be really interesting. So uh, go start at episode one and try to catch up. All right, that's enough for now. Thanks for listening, friends. Come back same time next week to Get Up in the Cool.